Why do you have to call me out like this, Nick Cage? <laughs> I mean, Mr. Cage, what what have I done to you to deserve this? I mean, I haven't gotten around to seeing Gone in 60 Seconds yet. I may have at some point expressed the opinion that Con Air was overrated. And I did, I will admit, say that I was a little bit underwhelmed by National Treasure 2, Book of Secrets. But, like, apart from that, is that enough for me to deserve being called out this way by your new movie? (laughs) Because we went to see, we went to the Alamo Drafthouse Cinema last night, and we went to see The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. In which our, our main character, an actor named Mr. Nicolas Cage, is shown as being an extremely troubled and dysfunctional person. And one of the central examples of his self-absorbed dysfunction is the fact that he makes his child watch movies that he loves and insists that his child must watch and come to love. <laughs> why, why do you have to call me out this way? I feel targeted by this movie, by that part of this movie. <laughs> oh, hey, Pedro Pascal, haven't seen a lot of your stuff. You're good in most of the things I've seen you in. Just wanted to let you know, you're cool. <laughs> anyway, you were saying that. <laughs> no, I, I, I did. I took that part of this movie to heart somewhat. Oh, yeah. yeah so, and I'll let you know, Ian, the cabinet of Dr. Caligari is on the list of movies that we are going to watch for the IMMP podcast, and yes! I am not changing it. Okay. I don't care what Nick Cage, I don't care what the movie makers behind the unbearable weight of massive talent might have to say about that. I am going to make my child watch the cabinet of Dr. Caligari. I liked this film. <laughs> oh, this film was great. I'm also impressed that it means I need to see that movie and I need to see Paddington too now. Yeah, and I'm yeah. not expecting those. Actually, I should have, I should have expected the last one. I watched enough Patrick H. Willems, but still. Yeah, I I liked this movie too. The unbearable weight of massive talent. This is a good film. It is so weird in all the right ways. I was expecting it to be weird enough to really enjoy, but it was on top of that. It was simply really good, a really good movie. Well, my girlfriend came along with us, and as she put it, um, this would not be have been a movie she would have ever gone to see. If I hadn't suggested, if she was fascinated and confused, she's very glad she saw it, but confused and not sure about having seen it. And I'm like, I get that. I wanted to see it. I'm in the same boat. It's like, this was just weird. This is a mood piece somehow. <laughs> so this is a movie that it was written by Tom Gormican and Kevin Etten, and it was directed by Tom Gormican. Have, what do I, have they done other stuff I know? Usually, there's a lot more of this, like, checking IMDb and such. We edit out, but the the Patreon people, you you get this part. Kevin Edden, um, according to Wikipedia, is a screenwriter and TV producer, began his career on The Late Show with David Letterman, and has worked on a number of shows, including Reaper, Scrubs, Desperate Housewives. So, most of his career has been in TV. 
But he, I don't know who wrote the original version of the script, but essentially he and, and um, Gormican created this movie, probably never expecting to actually be able to convince Nicolas Cage to star as himself in their bizarre movie. But they did, and my goodness, did it work. I'm just bewildered by the fact that I do not know Nicolas Cage as an actor as much as I know him as a meme. By the time I was aware he is a living meme, his his over-the-topness was already starting to eclipse his body of work. I'm a fan of the movie uh, The Sorcerer's Apprentice, but the fact that it had Nicolas Cage in it almost dwarfed the film's marketing itself <laughs> at the time it was coming out because his presence had this thing to it. This movie is about the idea of Nicolas Cage kind of confronting his own public image and possibly reviving his career. And I feel like this has a weird chance of reviving his career. So this either <laughs> succeeds and becomes brilliant, weird, self-fulfilling prophecy, or it fails and supercharges the other side of the coin, being the meme that is Nicolas Cage, into an entire other like echelon of pop culture power by cementing this nature of him. This man has found out how to become immortal by either <laughs> falling into the concept that he became or rising above it again in new glory. And I don't know what to think. It, he, it wins either way. The madman did it. And this is so fitting for somebody who has described his own acting technique as nouveau shamanic. Yes! And, yeah, you're right. Either way, this is a, is a, a triumph yes. for Nicolas Cage. And the fact that the movie itself includes debates between Nicolas Cage and Nicolas Cage about what kind of movies should he be making, and should he be making more movies or fewer movies, and he's, is he an, an actor, or is he a movie star, and what the differences are. Which reminds me, another movie that's on the list for us to watch someday is the movie My Favorite Year. It also addresses that actor versus movie star question. Okay, yeah. But it, it works because Nicolas Cage is someone who I think takes himself and his work seriously. But he takes it so seriously in such a certain kind of way that in a very self-aware style, it goes over the top and becomes something where... It, it turns into a situation in which he is not taking himself seriously because nobody could say the things that he says about acting and about his movies and take themselves as seriously as he seems to take himself at other times. It, it, is, it is indescribable in the best possible way. Exactly. I am, I am delighted for the fact that Pedro Pascal keeps up with him in this film. Because having the two of them be able to have really nuanced meta discussions about the film industry and concepts 
in a brilliant little moment where they're like discussing filmmaking in a scene of the type they're discussing and commenting on it in universe. So it's all diegetic, but it's also meta commentary. The fact that they can keep that going and honestly weave nuance <laughs> into this doing that, and they bounce off of each other very well to do it. I don't think Nicolas Cage could have pulled this off without someone who could keep up back and f- that back and forth the same way. And, and that really well. Yeah, it is a critical role because in addition to Nicolas Cage and what his character is experiencing and saying about Hollywood and about being an actor and about movie making, Pedro Pascal's character is giving us some commentary by the way the character is portrayed, giving us commentary about movie fandom. Yeah. And about what movies can mean to people. And Pascal has to match Nicolas Cage's energy, which is a challenge to begin with. But he has to do it while at the same time playing a character who's like a, a delighted and hopeful puppy dog through most of the movie. <laughs> yes. And, and he manages to do that. He manages to match that energy with such a different kind of character than Cage is playing as, as Nicolas Cage that... Together, they they have so many amazing scenes. The way Pedro Pascal's character views Nicolas Cage makes Nicolas Cage as an actor a precious enough concept that it can be the cat that Nicolas Cage himself then saves. Yeah, I think there's a, there are a lot of cats and a lot of saving to go around. Oh, absolutely! They, are, they save one another. They in, save in, one another in multiple figurative times. and literal ways. Yes, because Nicolas Cage he is he is a a person in need of saving. The beginning of this movie, and I don't think any of these are spoilers because uh, it's not a movie I want to spoil. But nothing we'll be talking about isn't shown in the trailer. Mm-hmm. The movie begins with Nicolas Cage personally, psychologically, and professionally just at bottom he can't get cast in movies he's in debt his his career is in huge trouble i think it was gutsy for nicholas cage to be in a movie that at the beginning focuses on the fact that he's kind of washed up and his career is a wreck yeah because you know if you're an artist and you start to you, you make a movie or something about how what a has-been you are, you run the very real risk of people just nodding along and saying, oh yeah, that's about right, versus what he accomplishes in this. I am going to... There is one part I was unhappy with with this movie. Yeah? And it's going to seem weird. There's a piece of casting I was not delighted by. Because they either needed to lampshade that Neil Patrick Harris as his agent was a problem for me. Because to play a story where Nicolas Cage was portraying a Nicolas Cage, I almost feel they either needed to make a quip about the fact that, and your agent looks like Neil Patrick Harris too much, or have someone else who wasn't as noticeable in the role because everyone's playing a realistic world. He took me out of it a little. He could deliver all of the lines and the harshness, right? 
I just wasn't as delight. I, I like that. That took me out for just a moment. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely correct because I think Neil Patrick Harris is somebody who is about as recognizable as an actor, as a star, as Nicolas Cage is. Oh, yeah. And it's kind of, I think someone once described it, I wish I could remember who, described it as like the, the Tom Hanks issue and that every Tom Hanks movie takes place in a universe in which Tom Hanks does not exist. Yes. Otherwise, every single person that a Tom Hanks character, character met would say, you look just like Tom Hanks. So, but if this movie takes place in a world where Nicolas Cage really exists and is an actor, then it would make sense that Neil Patrick Harris also exists and is an actor. And at least it would be commented on. If not, it would have been easier to take if some less recognizable actor had been cast. Not that Harris doesn't do a tremendous job. Oh, I think he did an excellent job, and I think he's an excellent actor, and the fact that he is a well-known enough actor (laughs) is the problem. Yeah. But that's the only, like, nitpick I could find. I mean, I'm going to want to see this again. I'm going to want to... Honestly, I'm going to want to get the DVD of this film, because this is a film that more than one time talks about DVD special features, (laughs) which means they better really nail the dvd special features for the dvd of this movie because this is a movie that's that level of meta and it's going to talk about that and the seeing the making of a movie that talks about movies this way is going to be wild i was i was expecting to enjoy this i wasn't expecting to be as bowled over by it as i was and to be be thinking about it as much as i have been in the 24 hours uh, since we watched it. yeah They they warned us. They warned us. Unbearable weight. I, it's weighing on me now. Unbearable weight of massive talent. <laughs> uh, and seeing it at the Alamo, it was fun to see um, Nicholas Cage reading uh, the Telltale Heart. Yes. The Alamo's pre-roll is always something I enjoy, and I'm pretty sure they still put most of their pre-rolls up on... Uh, YouTube later on. I'm hoping yeah. they do for this one because I want to watch that again. So, there's not much more to say about this movie without giving away too much, but we 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 couldn't not talk about it having just seen it and definitely having with that, that experience and definitely with that that bit in the opening. <laughs> oh yes, I really, I really did feel. I I know that I. I <laughs> We we exchanged looks there in the theater as I felt called out by that. We did. I was targeted. <laughs> so I make my kid watch old movies that nobody of his generation should necessarily care about. Is that so wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, in Nicolas Cage's uh, case, it was. Uh, but that's not going to stop me from continuing to do it and to be back with Ian with more podcasts. I'm enjoying it, so thank you, Dad. You are welcome. Thank you for, for putting up with it and for joining me. And this has been uh, a special Patreon uh, bonus show. This has been a something new to watch. And I hope you've enjoyed it. And I hope you'll be back for more Patreon specials and for more podcasts. <laughs>